I am recording. I, oh shit! <laughs> Should I stop? No, just keep, just keep going. Are you recording? Yes, I am recording. Okay, great. <laughs> so what just happened? Um, so I had a can of pop and I just tipped it over, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing spilled on my computer. The recording will still happen. I got napkins right here. Okay. It, it's essentially napkins? clean already. Napkins, though? Yes. When I moved into my new apartment, like, six months ago, my parents bought me one pack of napkins, and I haven't even used, like, a fifth of them. Okay. Well, that's at least a little refreshing to hear, then. They all have really cute, like, phrases on them or something, like... What's something that made you look twice today? Or describe today's most picture-worthy moment. Oh, so they're like the slightly thicker party napkin type things? Yeah. Okay, that that's more. I, I was just, my whenever my family buys napkins, they're the thinnest possible cheap napkins. That yeah, my are... dad splurged because he wanted cute sayings on them for me. I see. Because that's just what I had in mind, and thinking of cleaning literally anything with those. It's like, oh, you might as well be trying to clean up soda with, like, thin Kleenex or something. Yeah. Nah. And I didn't spill that much. I, like, caught it as it was tipping over. Mm, okay. That was the me cursing part, was, like, spilling pop on my hand. But What kind of pop? It is cranberry ginger ale. Oh, that sounds good. It's the stuff from, like, Thanksgiving time. I was at the grocery store, and I saw one, like, hidden away in the back, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> awesome. That does sound good. So, yeah. But how I wanted to start the episode <laughs> <laughs> was me telling you about something I learned today. So, kind of the whole time I've been he living here, because, Mark, we both grew up in Minnesota, and so I feel like we both kind of know that in the winter in the north, you think of, oh, like heating costs are going to be expensive because mm -hmm. it's cold. You got to heat your house or whatever. And so all winter I was kind of thinking like, honestly, I feel like this is blown out of proportion. Like it doesn't seem like it's that much more expensive in the middle of winter to heat my apartment than it was like in the fall. Okay. And so I was just kind of like, it was just something that I noticed and I never really thought twice about it. But today I think I figured out why my heating costs weren't that high this winter. Is it My because you leave your apartment at, like, 54 degrees? Well, okay. Yeah, I left my apartment at, like, 64 degrees. Yeah. But I think I discovered the real reason is because my apartment's a freaking greenhouse. Hmm. So here, it was our first warm day. It got up to, like, 70 degrees. Nice. Ooh, warm day. So I came home at the end of the day, went rock climbing after work, came home, it was, like, 7.30 or something, walk into my apartment, and I'm just hit with this wave of warmth. And I was just like, what's going on? So I like, walk up the stairs into my apartment, and I look at my thermostat, and like I had shut off the heater. So it definitely wasn't just like the heater running all day for some reason. Mm -hmm. Um, My apartment was 86 degrees when I walked in this <laughs> evening. <laughs> And because I know you would have had an aneurysm before recording, I shut off my fan and closed all my windows and doors. But ever since I got home, I've been, I don't know. It is hot. 
Huh. Yeah, that is quite greenhouse-like. Cause, so this was, I was going to start the episode in a similar way, at least talking about heat and the weather. Oh. Because it hit close to 90 degrees here today. Oh, Lord. Which is actually hotter than it typically gets in the summer. Mm-hmm. It's normally in the 75 to 85 range. Yep. Um, but even like even with that, I had my window open all day, and it wasn't really that hot in my apartment. Mm-hmm. But also, I have a... a kind of vaguely north facing everything faces north in my apartment so Mm -hmm. we don't really get direct sunlight so my guess is that your apartment gets a bit more direct sunlight it must i'm never here in the day so i don't really know i guess i'm here on weekends but i'm normally asleep (laughs) (laughs) you don't even have like a general idea of which direction most of the windows face they'll face what or West and north. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Like, wouldn't... Like, I would think south... Yeah, south would be the worst. That's what I would think. It would give you the most direct sunlight throughout the day. I don't know. Must just be something about the materials that it's built with or something. Maybe. Or maybe the heat has malfunctioned. It's been on all day. I don't know. That could be, But I don't think so. Hmm. Like, but it was hot. Yeah. Like... I, I don't know. I contemplated recording the podcast naked, but I knew Mark wouldn't like that. <laughs> well, so. I don't care if you don't tell me. Even if you did tell me, I honestly actually wouldn't care. But okay, next time. All right, good to know. <laughs> yeah, I remember last June, Aaron and I went to Chicago to go visit her uncle and go to a Cubs game. Mm-hmm. We just happened to pick one of the hottest weekends of the mm. summer. Perfect. It was. I don't know. It was around 105 uh, with no breeze. Mm-mm. And our seats at the stadium were directly In the into the sun. No. So I think we made it six I'm innings barely. I That's made impressive. It, I made it the most outside because I had three lemon ices throughout the course of those six innings. Yeah, I bet. I bet those lemon ice people were just like marching up and down the stands in the sun yeah but the other thing is that the way that wrigley field is designed is that all of the concessions are underground essentially Mm -hmm. so yes in the shade but incredibly stuffy yeah and very insulated (laughs) which is fine i'm sure if it's cold but awful when it's hot So there was really just no escaping. Either you were just roasting in the sun or you were just stifling and not able to breathe below. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that that was pretty rough. Yeah. But. (sighs) Oh, it suddenly got hot. It was kind of nice. I wasn't expecting it. It was kind of nice. I just wasn't prepared for it. I made some mistakes today. Like somehow my apartment got super hot. And then because I was going rock climbing after work. I left, I normally bring my rock climbing stuff into work so that like my clothes and like shoes aren't freezing cold when I'm trying to put them on at the gym. But today, cause it was going to be warm. I was like, oh, it's fine. I'll leave them in my car. Hmm. Huge mistake. Came out after work, got in my car. It smelled like rotting feet. <laughs> and my clothes smelled like rotting feet. Yep. Because rock climbing shoes, which I, don't always wear, which I normally don't wear socks with, because they're really tight. 
You're, most people don't wear socks with rock climbing shoes. I know, just, but it's still, it doesn't make it sound less gross. <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to gross out all our listeners t- this evening. That's the goal here. <laughs> if I can get someone to puke while listening to the episode, that would be dream come true. Don't don't forget to email us with your feedback. <laughs> but don't mail us any puke that comes out. I don't want that. We don't have a mailing address, so that's fine. No, we, we, we do don't. <laughs> Nor do we want one. Nor can no, we afford no. one. <laughs> Yeah, no, we can't. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, eh. I have a P.O. box that's great for about PO's. three envelopes at a time. Ah, nice. Yeah. Yeah, but, so, my car smelled like rotting feet after work. Man. Clearly oh. drove to the rock climbing gym with my windows all the way down. Mm-hmm. My head out the window like a dog. <laughs> Not actually, but I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, that's no fun. I just didn't want to get judged, so that's why I didn't. Yeah. Huh, yeah, that's gross. But we'll we'll get there someday. I'll learn not to stink up my whole car. I think I probably got rid of that new car smell. (laughs) People keep getting in my car, and they're like, oh, my God, it still has, like, a new car smell. Don't you have, Definitely gone now. Don't you still have your old car? Did you get a different car? No, I got a new car. Didn't you know about this? No, you don't tell me things, apparently. I didn't I know you this. were still there when I got a newer car. No, didn't you drive to Chicago in the... Uh, Swaggin' Wagon? Yeah, that. No. Uh, oh, I, I specifically asked you, and you did. Like. <laughs> yeah, I definitely did the... You moved out there in it. No, I didn't move out there in it. Well, that was the impression that I was under. In either case, you never told me that you got a new car. Well, I did because I didn't want to be in a new city with a, I'm going to call it a somewhat unreliable car. Yeah. Well, Within I mean, the past year, the transmission that. had blown out and I was stranded on the side of the road for a couple hours. So Yeah, I mean, it's the same that reason that again. Like, I got a new car instead of driving my 98 Honda Accord out here. Yeah. But what kind of car did you get then? I got a Ford Escape. Oh. Because I'm a sucker for the, what, crossover SUV type deals. My sister has an Escape as well. My sister has one too. Which, do you have like one of the newer ones, like when they turned into the modern curvy kind? Okay. My sister has an 09, so it's still like the boxy kind. Uh, Ah. I got one of the newer ones. It's nice. I like it a lot. Every once in a while, I wish that I had just gotten some sort of a crossover but day to day i like the gas mileage that i get and it really doesn't yeah. matter it's just like oh when i'm moving or if i'm just there's just times where i'm just like ah, it mm-hmm. might almost be worth it to have a lot more space for a little less convenience every single day yeah more space to put some junk in your trunk yeah keep a lot of junk in my trunk yeah i actually still have random crap in my trunk too <laughs> But nothing, nothing that matters too much. Yeah. It was worse before I moved into this apartment when I had my desk in there the entire time. <clears throat> but. Ugh. Alrighty. Howdy ho. Uh. uh what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just said howdy ho. I don't know what it means. Well, there's so- hi- Heidi Ho. Did you ever watch Home Improvement? Nope. 
No? Do you even know what it is at all? Um, there's it's one of two things. I'm pretty sure it's a mid '90s sitcom with Tim it. Allen. Okay, yeah, it's that one. I was thinking it was either that or some like HGTV show. No, no. Uh, so it's that, and uh, Tim's neighbor Wilson. Every time you see him, they never show his entire face because it's always just him talking over the fence that separates their yards, and you can only see like above his nose. Mm-hmm. But he always says, "Heidi ho, neighbor." <laughs> Okay, well, I think it's time to get going. Okay, so for this week, Mark has a comic from Saturday Morning Breakfast Cereal Wow, by Zach Wienersmith. Why? Why? Yeah. yeah. Wienersmith? Wienersmith. Not Smith. No. Smith. Smith. But we're close enough. Okay, so this comic has two panels, and it's titled, How to Tell the Difference. On one side, labeled, Science Fan. There's a man speaking to the woman, and the woman says, How many digits of pi do you have memorized? And the man, the nerdy man with glasses, responds, 1,681, I add a new one every day. And on the other side is labeled scientist. The same woman is asking yet again, how many digits of pi have you memorized? The man, noticeably without glasses this time, sits there. Uh, one? Question mark? (laughs) Those of us who are more math inclined would say that those are less scientists and more engineers, but oh! <laughs> I need to get that crappy air horn sound. Yes, you do. Please. <laughs> I know you don't do much editing for this podcast, whatever but we need called. that. <laughs> like the Rasta air horn or something? Yeah, whatever it's called. I'll figure it out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, I would say not one, but three. Hmm? For me, oh yeah, I know, but of... that's not the point. It's it's the whole like, hey, it's approximated as three. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, it's close enough. Close <laughs> enough for jazz. Yeah, exactly. So my question is, what things annoy you about how people view your field? Oh, um, no. Okay, this is bad. I don't know. Okay, I need more time to think to think of, like, legitimate (laughs) answers. Because the first one that I think of, this is bad. But, like, and it benefits me, so I don't know why it bothers me. But there's something about the fact that people think that to, like, be a chemist, you have to be exceptionally smart. Or something. (laughs) Okay. Like... There's so many times where I'm talking to someone, like, and they're asking me, and they're like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm a research chemist. And they're like, oh, my gosh, you must be so smart. Like, you must know everything. And I'm just like, like, I am smart, but I wouldn't have to be. Like, there's there's people, I'm sure, out there who, like, I, 
I like, know people who are chemists who like they're not that intelligent of human beings. They just more along the line of like a like a technician, so to speak. Like like it falls under the you can follow procedures sufficiently. Yeah, but like and not even that. It's I don't know. I feel like to survive. I don't know. Like to get a chemistry degree from college. I got decent grades when I was in school, but, like, someone who would have gotten, like, C's and D's, they would have graduated with the same degree I would have, like, and they would not know as much chemistry as I do, but, like, they would have gotten the same degree as I did, and... But would they have gotten the same job? Uh, probably not. Well, yeah, so that's Depends the Depends who point. they knew. Depends who they know, though. And, like... I know. Like, there's people who... I'm sure there's people who do jobs like mine who they don't really know much chemistry and they just knew someone who got in, them into it and then they just got experience in the field, which honestly, that's more valuable to the field than actual chemistry knowledge. Like, I work with people who have worked in the field for 20 years and they don't even have chemistry degrees. Like, they know nothing of the chemistry. Yeah. And they they just have experience of like, oh, these things work. We do this. Which, granted, is more knowledge than I have currently. So, mm -hmm. like, meh. But I don't know. I feel like people believe that just because you're a chemist or something that they're all just... They're immediately like, wow, you must be brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I feel like you must experience the same thing, but, like, you are kind of brilliant, so... Well, this is the thing, is that... What's more frustrating about math, so so with, this is always the issue for me, is that people have some broad idea about chemistry and physics because people make lots of cool videos and documentaries about those mm -hmm. things that are not totally incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, physics has gotten a bit too popularized, I would say, to the point that it's a little problematic, but... I think mm -hmm. chemistry is, like, pretty solid. People are like, oh, man, you got to, like, do cool chemistry things, you know? Yeah. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> and then with that is also, like, but also it's a hard science that you got a degree in and stuff. So mm -hmm. you did lots of hard things. Math, people have such a poor understanding of what even college-level math, which, like, it's advanced. Like, it's hard to explain to people at first because they don't have a background for it. But... Mm -hmm. Even just, like, you know, what I learned in undergrad is, like, a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of, you know, the knowledge that's out there. Yeah. And uh, so people, like, people would say, like, I don't know. I don't want to be, like, super self-absorbed or sound like, like obviously, I love do what it. I do. But it's, you know, people, when I say, like, oh, I'm a, I'm a math curriculum developer for a private company that focuses on kids who are who excel in math. You know, that's sort of my typical spiel. Mm -hmm. And people, like, essentially they assume that I'm good at math, but I'm only good and competent at the math that they learned. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. So they can be like, wow, I just never had a great thing for math. Like algebra I was fine with and geometry I just stunk at proofs. And like, and that's it. Like, that's their conception of what math is. Yeah. In the same way that they might think, like, literally all you do is just mix together random chemicals and 
to hope that they make cool colors or whatever, and which to some extent is probably kind of true. Up. But well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or make yeah. things blow up or whatever. And there's obviously a whole lot other stuff going on there. Um, but I don't think that it's like. But nobody's saying about chemistry like, oh man, I just sucked at chemistry because I was I just had terrible technique in my titration or whatever, you know, yeah. or I hated yeah. this thing like. If people took chemistry, like maybe they could be like, yeah, I wasn't great at chemistry because I sucked at math. So I wasn't good at, you know, <laughs> balancing equations and figuring out what the heck was going on. What? A... Okay. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait. If someone says they sucked at chemistry because they sucked at math and they couldn't balance their equations, they need to go back to like first grade freaking math. Well, I'm not saying like balancing equations. Honestly, it's just been, it's been four and a half years since I took Gen Chem 1. I really just wanted to make that rant. I, I know. And it, but if that's just people's only experience, like that was my highest yeah. level experience with chemistry was Gen Chem 1. If people didn't do well on that, it's because either they don't have the attention to detail to pass the lab or they're really atrocious at basic math. Yeah. You know, it's not like the concepts because they don't teach you many concepts in Gen Chem 1. Yeah. You know, at least from what I remember, it was more just like, yeah, there are a handful of things to memorize. But other than that, it was just a lot of algebra. Yeah. You know, just have... with different names for variables. Yeah. I have lots of feelings about, like, why people do poorly in, like, general chemistry classes or why they're afraid well, sure. of them. But, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I feel like people are just, they tell themselves that they can't do it because it's a hard science and it sounds scary. And they don't think that's who they are. Mm -hmm. And then they they don't because they don't think they can. Yeah. We're, I don't know. I had a lot of friends in college who were like art majors and stuff. And I pushed a couple of them to like take an intro level chemistry course to fulfill like their science requirement or whatever. Mm. And so then I promised them that I would like help them through it. And if they ever needed help studying and stuff that I would be there for them. So there are definitely times where I was like helping people study like basic general chemistry stuff. And we were like going through practice problems or something and I asked them a question. They're like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, just say whatever you think. I promise mm -hmm. I won't think you're stupid because like we're friends here. Just trust me. Just say whatever you think. And I swear to God, like 90% of the time, what they said is the right answer. Yep. And they said it in like a very clear and articulate way. But, but I just don't know. <laughs> but yeah, but they were, they were so nervous about being wrong and feeling like that was a reflection on them as a person that they weren't smart enough to know it or something that mm -hmm. the default was I don't want to try because I don't want to look stupid. Yeah. Whereas when really when they just like took a shot at it, most of the time they were right. Yeah. And this is just, you know, I don't want to dive too deep into that because that's such yeah. a fundamental part of like what I do literally every day in especially math education, the fear mm -hmm. of being wrong. Yeah. It's just such a big deal that like our entire company's philosophy is about just not worrying about that. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, so yeah, so it's just it's just weird like it's hard to get people to appreciate a field for what it is. And I look at this comic especially bothers me when they say science fan it's like obviously it's not it has memorizing digits of pi has nothing to do with science if anything people are going to confuse that with math yeah but it's like oh you know math like 
how fast can you multiply things or like mm-hmm. can you solve this geometry problem and it's like you know <laughs> like there's so many people out there who are so much better at solving certain problems than me or can calculate things significantly faster jack being one of them he is a magnificent human calculator yeah and compared to him i am trash <laughs> but you know i've put in the effort to learn a lot of like abstract math and like it's just a very different thing that's hard to tell people exactly how it works mm-hmm. you know like i don't know that's just, it's just something that is always on my mind it's like mm-hmm. it always felt that math was the least like people had the least idea of what was going on because yeah. anything else lives much more clearly in the real world mm-hmm. but the most i can say about something like okay so i'm taking this course called analysis And if you've taken calculus, then I can explain what analysis is. It's proving that calculus works. And if you haven't taken calculus, then we really have to start from the ground up. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And then something like... teach you calc, and then I can explain what analysis is. Yeah, and then something like, say, like, abstract algebra, which I took senior year. You could say something like, you know how you can just, like, add numbers and multiply numbers? Uh Like, what if you just didn't care that they were numbers and they were just sort of, like, things? And, like, how do you abstract out the concept of addition and multiplication to just other random things? Mm-hmm. Like, rotations and reflections on a cube. If you, quote-unquote, add to reflections, you get back the same thing. Or you get a new reflection. And that's mm-hmm. sort of like multiplication. <laughs> Like, like that's abstract algebra. It's like, that's kind of the best that you can really explain unless someone's really willing to sit down. But even then, it's just like, you know, when I I wrote my thesis, like, it was broadly mostly in quantum mechanics. And then it's easy to explain to people, like, the basic physical phenomena that I was kind of doing the math for uh, and just sort of explain it in, Mm -hmm. like, a few sentences. And I can't do that with almost any other field of math other than, like, I don't know. There's a field called topology. Have you heard of topology, yeah. Grant? Topology's cool. Yeah. So the easiest way to explain it is just imagine your geometry course, except you don't care how long anything is or what its angles are or its general shape. You just kind of care how many holes are in it. Yep. And that's topology. And people are like, Hashtag oh. Klein bottles. Yeah. And people are just like, I mean, like, okay, but, like, why? And then it's like, okay, well, okay, <laughs> now we need to get into it. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. It's just, it's it's hard to, like, get people to appreciate certain fields. And I feel like I put in a good amount of effort to appreciate what other people that I know do uh-huh. in their life and not like oversimplify it unless it's for comedic purposes mm-hmm. and and it also helps that you know i have lots of friends who are interested in a lot of different things you know like yeah. you did chemistry mikhail did physics uh a lot of my friends did like electrical engineering aaron studies genetics uh so i get like a pretty high level overview of a lot of different subjects and i'm really interested in that and i think that it's just like kind of sad or disappointing to me that people don't take the same 
interest in that, either out of indifference or out of like a an overconfidence, can also mm-hmm. happen when you get really obnoxious people on the internet who think that they just kind of have it all figured out. Yeah. That was actually some an article that I was reading the other week about uh, people who show a higher level of confidence in what they know are far more likely to just be incredibly incorrect or lack foundational knowledge. Yeah, and be super annoying. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm really concerned now that that came out sounding like Real, like, mean girls type. No, it's not a perfect uh, phrase, but. <laughs> uh. I'm sorry. It's. I don't want to, like, cut you off and change the subject here. No. But. You're fine. That just, like, hit a real nerve with me. Because the biggest thing that I hate in the sciences is people who. who understand science. And then when they're explaining it to others, they use the most technical and least accessible language to describe it as possible in order to make themselves seem as smart as possible. So they do the worst job explaining it so they seem smart and cool. But in the end, they haven't explained anything. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, being a... I don't know. I was going to say strong, but being a decent science communicator is something that's really important to me and is something that I've worked really hard on in my life. Mm-hmm. And like, like I spent hours when I was doing research in the summers during college, I spent hours thinking about how to explain my research to different levels of people with scientific understanding. Like, how do I explain it to my peers who are chemistry majors in a way that they'll understand as many nuances as they can of it? And not feel like I'm talking down to them, but also understand what I'm saying. So I'm not using the most technical of language because not everyone has learned the most technical of language, even if they are a chemistry major. And then, like, how do I turn that explanation into something that I can now explain to, like, my grandma who is, like, in her 80s and I don't even honestly, like... The amount of chemistry schooling that she was given back when she was in school is much vastly different from the amount that kids nowadays would have received anyway. Mm. Like, how do I explain it to her in a way that's still accessible and interesting and she understands some of the nuances of what I do, but isn't being, like, condescending or rude, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I think it's just a really common thing in the sciences to have people who are just like, ah, yeah, in the pi delta z state of this molecule. And it's just like, like, no one, even people who understand what that means, like, that means nothing to me. I learned what that means, but like, I don't freaking know. Mm -hmm. It's just like, why? I don't know. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, no, that that's fine. That hit me real deep. I'm having flashbacks to this kid that I had in like, he was in at least three of my courses, and he was my least favorite student that I've ever had the misfortune of having a class with. Mm-hmm. And he would just pull this stuff. Like, he'd sit there, first of all, really obnoxiously. He'd just sit there, like, on his phone the entire time. Yeah. His his leather wallet flip case for his phone always flipped uh, out. And I'd see him. I basic- already hate him. I'd basically see him just on, like, Wikipedia. And he'd just say random, like he'd raise his hand 
if he even did that, and be like, so I'm just trying to understand this, like, so what we're doing here is just like, and then you just spout something that, like, we'd probably cover in, like, four weeks, or maybe was applicable from some other course, mm-hmm. and, like, 50% of the time, it would be something reasonable enough, and 50% of the time, the professor would be like, no, it's not like that, like, shut up, <laughs> like, we're doing, like, we're doing yeah. this, you know, like, stop trying to flex on the class because nobody actually cares here. Yeah. It was just, it was always really dumb. And, like, math is especially ripe for that sort of thing. Um, Like, the sort of cross-references between different subjects. Like, so much is interconnected, especially at an undergraduate level. Yeah. That it's, it's very open for that sort of stuff. And it's interesting to make those connections if they are brought about in a natural and useful way so that everybody in the course can benefit from it. But if you're just sitting there and just, like... Asking me, like, is it like this? And you're just like, what are you trying to do? You're not actually understanding this better by asking these dumb questions. Yeah. You're You're just just trying trying to show off your vocabulary. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh, people. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's one of the biggest, like, hurdles to science at the moment is the fact that scientists are often some of the worst communicators of science. Well, I I wouldn't even go so far as to say that scientists are the worst. I think it's that people who have no business communicating are also being really terrible, and those are the ones that people listen to. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what? Why are things like anti-vaccination as a very oh, good God. example prevalent? It's because they don't listen to science. The people in that movement don't respect like the authority of years of peer-reviewed research mm-hmm. and just kind of basic evidence uh, and like that that's the dangerous thing it's like a mix of poor communication and echo chambers and confirm and seeking out confirmation bias mm-hmm. uh, that i think is the bigger issue like yes science could always be better communicated mm-hmm. and better like thrown out there but if people don't respect what's going on then it's there's not much else that can be done at that at the Mm -hmm. communication level yeah because as we've seen trying to convince people that they should listen to this authority figure is a a fruitless effort Mm -hmm. because there's an inherent distrust of the system yeah yeah hmm we could continue going on with this, but I know. I was we, I was feeling the same thing. Yeah. Okay. On to Grant's comic. I actually read this one on Instagram the other day. What? Well, I follow Pearls Before Swine. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so we have Pearls Before Swine by Stephen Pastis. One of my favorite comics. Pig is sitting at a counter, writing down, uh, he's writing, Things I thought I'd have accomplished by this age. Married to perfect person. Traveled world. Two kids. Successful career. Dream house. And then the next header is, Things I've actually accomplished. Knee hurts. Then he says to Rat, at least it's something. 
All right, so what a pleasant, positive conversation is going to stem from this comic, right? <laughs> okay, so I chose this comic this week because, A, it seems like a very... I don't know if we've been doing this long enough to say there's like a quintessential comical start comic, but kind of a like, hey, I think like commentary on being a young person growing up and expectations for where I should be at in my life. Mm-hmm. So it, it felt very like fitting because of that. But the real reason I chose it is the freaking things I've actually accomplished list. Because right now my <laughs> knee hurts. Because I don't, Mark, I need to ask an honest question. Okay. As someone who knows me, am I a ditz? Like, am I ditzy? I think ditzy is definitely not the right word. Am I a klutz? Uh, I don't think I've actually seen you in enough situations to determine that. Like, my guess would be no. I I wouldn't picture you as a klutz because, like, if you were a klutz, tennis would have gone way worse. Yeah. You know? Like, that doesn't mean that you are absolutely the most coordinated person or anything but ditzy or klutzy is definitely not an apt description okay because i just wanted to check on that because at the moment i am in so much pain all over and i don't know if it's just like that recently i've developed some sort of reckless streak and so i just like do reckless things and then thus get hurt or if it's just chance or I don't know because within the past two weeks I feel like I've gotten a number of injuries um one of them being I hit my funny bone really bad like a week ago and like there's still like a bruise on my elbow and it still like hurts if I touch it um but then the real one that stuck out to me is um well no this isn't the the so then I hit my left knee really hard last week and i still have a bruise from that um but the the real one is my right shin which currently this morning at work i was putting on my work boots which have steel toes and so i like had my pants kind of rolled up so i could tie my boots and one of my coworkers saw my shin and they were like oh my god great are you okay what did you do to your shin and so then i had to explain what's happened to my shin over the past two weeks I first uh, kicked, like, tripped on a chair and got a big bruise on, like, the lower part of my shin. Then, while I was on vacation in northern Minnesota, I was walking across um, an ice sheet over a river, and my foot went through the ice, (laughs) and I bashed the side of my shin on the edge of the ice. So I had a, a big, like, bruise and some scratches from that. Mm-hmm. And then when I came back, I went rock climbing and I, one of my feet slipped off a hold or a foothold. Yeah. And my entire shin, like with my whole body weight smashed down on another hold that was in the way. And so I have this huge, this huge, like deep scrape that will clearly be a scar surrounded by this like deep, like purple and yellow bruise. And so my leg right now just looks like it needs to be like amputated or something. But I don't know. I'm it's pretty rock and roll there, Grant. I feel like I'm covered in bruises and I don't feel like this is who I am. 
but it currently is who I am, and I don't know what to do, Mark. So, from my experience, this just sounds like one of those, when it rains, it pours, (laughs) and you're just trying, like, you're trying to associate it to something more general than there is there. Because something that you described as, like, clumsy or super out there it's just yeah stuff happens sometimes okay so i don't need to go out and like buy a bunch of bubble wrap or something no no like everybody (laughs) i think people go through phases like i i remember one time when i was probably in middle school i was playing probably like tag or something in my basement and i took a particularly tight turn around the banister in my basement and just cut it a bit too close, and I had a square banister at the bottom. Like, the post was square, uh, and the corner just dug right into my ab. Ow. And that was a nice bruise for a long time. Or, like, you know, like, it would be like, oh, I'm going to go to baseball tryouts, and I try and do, like, a sliding catch on a pop fly, and it just misses my glove and hits directly on my inner thigh. Ow. Like, stuff happens. You step yeah. your toes. Like, these sorts of things just sort of happen regardless, no matter how careful you are. And honestly, it might just be, like, a small subconscious thing or maybe just, like, enough happened to your one leg that it's just a little <laughs> weaker or something. Yeah. You know, like, that that stuff compounds for sure. Mm-hmm. So it's it's definitely nothing that <laughs> should be concerning other than just, like, you should cool it slightly while your shin heals. <laughs> yeah. I need to just chill. I feel like I'm a bit of a fragile flower at the moment, and I need to just, like, recover. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with just needing a bit of a break. You know, you're, no, you're not a professional athlete. You don't need to <laughs> push it all the time. Yeah. Speak for yourself, Mark. No, I'm speaking for you, and you will agree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, Mark, I'm not a professional athlete. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I don't know. It's just, yeah, well, whatever, we'll see. Uh, (laughs) But I don't know, just like, you know, stuff happens. It's okay. Like, you know, when I look at my legs, I've had this random scrape near my ankle for a bit. I I don't know what it's from. It was probably just from, like, hiking and something just scratched me. I never noticed. You know, especially my legs, my calves and stuff are very predisposed to just having random scratches and scrapes all over them that I just don't really notice unless I start paying attention at some point. And I'm like, huh, mm-hmm. that's a pretty good scrape. That looks pretty cool. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Like, I don't... That's a pretty you know? metal scrape, bro. Yeah, exactly. It just kind of just happens. You're freaking hardcore, man. You know it. Sup. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. I, w- I wouldn't be too worried, Grant. Mm-hmm. There are lots of people that I could talk to who I would give different advice to, but I think you're fine. Okay, good. That's what Dr. Mark says. Ooh, Dr. Mark. Yep. I like that. You should work the... on that one, bro. What? I want to be able to call you Dr. Mark for reals. I'm not quitting my job to pursue a PhD. For no reason. Or for a 50% pay cut. (laughs) Yeah. Good call. Good call. And very uncertain prospects afterward. Yeah. I can can respect that logic right there. I I, I don't regret my decision. 
I, I yeah. do like five percent from an egotistical standpoint, for, but from <laughs> literally any other perspective, it was a pretty solid decision to just go to work. Mm-hmm.